Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Yarusi. And I'm Jason Yarusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. All right, so welcome back. Thanks again for always checking us out. We have a great guest today, Aaron Nanini. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on. And Aaron is the co or actually founder of CashUncomplicated.com, a personal finance website. As an everyday person with an average salary, Aaron achieved financial success through implementing basic and uncomplicated principles such as life goals, daily habits, intentional money decisions, and a value-add-based spending mindset. After struggling with money in his 20s and sick of living paycheck to paycheck, Aaron started educating himself on personal finance, and through the years of intense study and practice, he went from barely getting by each month to complete financial clarity and harmony, all in less than five years. And he's also got a great book that's coming out that's Cash Uncomplicated. So welcome to the show. You know, a lot of people right now, especially in the last 12, 15 months, have found that life has gotten more complicated, right? And things have mm-hmm. changed. And and there's so much information out there, which almost puts people in a state of fear from ever getting started in investing. Mm-hmm. But one point that, that you, you make is that everyone can, can be an investor, but it really starts with, with the mindset, the change. Mm-hmm. Was there a pinnacle moment in, in your life, right? Because it was a lot of struggle, and, mm-hmm. but never change, right? They just struggle and that's it. They go through life struggling. What was it that, that was that moment for you that you said, enough, I have to change my course <laughs> and I'm doing that today? Yeah, I, I had had a really slow, steady struggle all throughout my 20s and early 30s. And I think the one thing that finally did it was I had just another overdraft account. And that was probably like my, you know, 30th or 40th within the time of four or five years. And at that point, I was just like, you know, what am I doing here? I'm a little over 30 years old. I'm still paying overdraft fees and I'm not even responsible enough to manage my checking account. Like, what what am I doing? I can do better than this, right? And so that's where I started really educating myself, reading books, listening to podcasts, talking to people who are a lot smarter than me. So that, that got me, that really reversed my mindset and probably like a lot of investors you talk to. There's that moment in time where you go from just like a consumer to an investor and you change your mindset and you realize, you know what, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Was there a moment that you did something you said, well, that wasn't that hard. What have (laughs) I been waiting for? Yeah, I think that was kind of a culmination. It's kind of like the compound effect where I I read enough books and listened to enough people and took enough action where all of a sudden it was just like, you know what, I went from having almost nothing in in my account to having several thousand dollars and more and having investments. And I was like, okay, it, it's going well now. So I think that's probably when the light bulb really, really clicked. And I came to that realization that I was starting to be successful with my personal finances. So let's, let's track this back to someone who has never invested and has mm-hmm. or probably got, you know, potentially got an overdraft fee today. Mm-hmm. Where did you start? What are the steps that someone takes out of the gate to start course correcting? Or, you know, and you have the mental stage, but are mm-hmm. there any actionable um, technical steps that they should be doing to identify a, a direction to be heading? Yeah, I think once, like you said, once you have that mindset that they're under control, take one action. And so for me, that was really reading books. And so it's just literally reading a book. And then from there, take one actionable step from each book. Don't don't go and try to do a hundred things because 
that's where you get that analysis paralysis and get intimidated. It's like, there's too much stuff going on. So pick one thing. And so maybe that would be automating your investments or contributing $100 to an investment account. Just pick something. And then as you, as you do that, you're going to start to learn and get better. And that $100 is going to turn into 1000 and 2000 and more. Where do you see that plan go off the deep end? Do you find that it's people not, commit, not continuing to commit to their plan where they, mm-hmm. they say, you know what? I tried this. It's not happening quick enough. Is, is, it, is that usually the game that, that sets people in the wrong direction? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it is people have really good intentions, right? And they want to be good with their money and they want to do better for their family. But as you said, they they get kind of that analysis paralysis and try to do too many things at one time and it becomes overwhelming. And usually when it's overwhelming, people just quit. And it's, it's not because they're bad people or aren't trying. It's just, it's too much. And you kind of get back to your regular life and it's just, it's too much to do. If you're sitting here today and listening and you say, I, I just, I just don't have the free money. I just don't have that money. Where do I find that money to invest? Like where, where am I getting that money back that I didn't have before, you know, mm-hmm. listening to this podcast? For sure. And I was that same mindset. I thought that I had no money and I was, I was kind of satisfied just month to month getting by and just barely getting through. And everyone's got something that not necessarily to cut, but you don't value. So I, I, I always encourage people to look at what you value and write, write those things down. So for me, it was family, friends, travel. And a lot of the things I was spending my money on, like car payments, didn't really fit into those values. And so that's something I did is I sold, I sold my expensive car, got something a little more affordable. And right off the bat, I had like an extra three dollars $400 a month, j- just like that. And I'm not saying it's going to be that easy for everybody, but there's something in life that you're spending money on that you don't value that you can eliminate. Um, you know, some people, there's that old cliche of the latte or the cup of coffee and everyone's got their cup, cup of coffee. It may not literally be coffee, but it might be takeout. It could be a car payment. It could be something else entirely different, but everyone's got something. Yeah. I was actually looking at a chart of, of if you had Tesla and you actually brought the car versus using that money to invest uh, yeah. in the <laughs> dynamic of your life. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in that front, we get caught in this world of, of the shiny is what makes us right. And, and mm-hmm. yet, well, you know, what, what looks on the outside is not so much carrying on the inside. So talk to us about where, where do you uncomplicate this in the book? What is it that brings people back to the ability to say, okay, I, are you setting up for the short run first, or are you really always having mm-hmm. a long-term goal and where you, you be? Do you have to know that today? If you're, if you're, you know, in your twenties and your thirties and you're just, you're still not even just trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. How do you start setting the perspective? Do I start with, you know, stocks? Do I start with crypto? Do I start with, uh, you know, uh, tax liens? Do I start with real estate? Do I start, you know, where, where do I really set my sights to get going? Yeah, I think once, you, once you're ready to start investing, my, my, my stance is there's a lot of really successful things you can do investment-wise. Whether, like you said, it could be real estate, it could be crypto, it could be a, a variety of things. But just pick something and learn about it and kind of go all in on that subject. Because when you're, when you're trying to do too much at one time, you know, I'm trying to learn real estate, trying to learn crypto, I'm trying, trying to learn index funds. It just doesn't work. It's overwhelming. And just like you said, it's that next shiny object. And so my, my advice is pick one thing, learn it well, commit to it for six months to a year and see where that takes you. And, and for me, and it sounds like much like you is real estate was that thing for me. So I kind of went all in on real estate and I, I've loved it. So I've continued, continued with that and not really gotten distracted by some of the other stuff. But it's so, so talk to me, what was that first investment? What did it look like? And, and how did the level of um, fear versus, versus <laughs> excitement 
play out yeah. because most people yeah. are going to walk into this fear, right? Because we, it, in my mind, what usually holds people back is that they know they want better, but because they've never had better, they, they'll mm-hmm. stay in a position of, of, mm-hmm. you know, of where they are because it's safer, even if you don't like it, right? So me, yep. if I was to invest 5,000, I, I could, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I make 10,000. Or I could potentially lose that, or maybe I make a million dollars with that five thousand, but I'd be wor- more worried about losing that five thousand <laughs> all the mm-hmm. knowledge because that's where our minds always want to go to. So talk us through that. Exactly, and, and for me, I kind of got into investing by accident back back during the the financial crisis, oh eight oh nine. I was lucky enough to buy a foreclosure that I lived in, and so I lived in that for a couple of years, and then decided to buy a house. And so at that time, when I was looking to buy a house, the market still wasn't up high enough. And so the, the property that I was currently in didn't have enough equity for, for, for it to me, you know, to make sense to sell. And so I decided to keep it. That's where I just started reading books, learning about how to manage a property. And that really got over that fear of learning a little bit about it and then taking action. Because I, I learned it wasn't that scary. Like you can get tenants, you can get a good tenant. It doesn't mean you're going to get a call in the middle of the night for a leaky toilet or, or some of the horror stories we all talk about. So it's just really getting a little bit of education and then taking action. Cause as you know, once you take action, you're going to learn just a thousand different things. And that, that's where really the rubber, I think that's where the rubber meets the road. So if I were to sum it up, learn a little bit and then take some action and keep learning from there. How do you get off the shiny object train, right? Where, where you know, mm-hmm. everything sounds good. And every time you're just about to get into something, something else comes about. So we're, yeah. you know, be, oh, you know, real estate, I always find it because you'll be in wholesaling, then you'll be in flipping, then you'll be in taxis, yeah. you'll be in Airbnb, you'll be in small rentals, you'll be in large rentals, you know, you, you just, they, and you'll never do one because everything else shines better. <laughs> How do you yeah. stop yourself and get focused on at least getting traction somewhere? That, that is super hard to do, right? Because I'm the same way. It's I kind of have that temptation and you, you see someone with these incredible numbers in Airbnb or they're, they're wholesaling, they're flipping, they're doing something. It's just like, you're kind of irking to get at it. So what, what I try to remind myself is, you know what? This person's doing great wholesaling. However, I'm doing really great too with buy and hold. And so I'm going to continue my, my, my buy and hold. I'm going to stick to it for a while. And if I want, if I want to learn something else, I want to get that foundation of buy and hold first. Then once I feel adequately good at that, where I can kind of not necessarily do it in my sleep, but do it fairly effortlessly, then I'll start to learn something on it. And I can kind of add on and build on that base. But you're, you're right. It's so easy to, to go for that next thing because it, it all looks so great. Yeah, I agree. And it really do you does. Have <laughs> any kind of philosophy that, that you've pushed forward in the book, I, I know you do, um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, long-term investing, how you're, how you're creating patience in your mind, but are, are you looking to you know, really push cash flow to replace your expenses? Are you looking to, you know, have a symbiance between cash flow and, and equity or net worth? Where mm-hmm. Where is your mindset? Um, just to give people a, a basis for how they can think about their investments. Yeah, I think there's a few ways to do it. And, and for me, I really look at, I, I try to combine both of them where I'm getting some equity and I'm also getting the cash flow because it's, it's very easy to go buy a property for $40,000, $50,000 and the numbers are off the charts and you're going to get incredible cash flow. But what people don't think about is you're also going to have some tenants where that, that could be, you might be at really actively managing that property. And so I, I try to find something kind of in the middle there. I'm not buying million dollar properties. So I'm, my sweet spot's kind of that two to $300,000 $300, range where it's nice single family, three bedroom, two bath, get, get a good tenant in there, um, a chance at equity, and also some cash flow at the same time. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle there. That, that's where I, I would put myself. But I know a lot of people too, 
where they're going all cash flow or they're trying they're, it's more of an appreciation play where they're buying something for eight, nine hundred thousand dollars and they're just hoping that it goes up. And a lot of people like where I'm in in San Diego, a lot of people have had success with that. And I think some of it is luck too, where they'll buy a house for 900 grand and three years later it's worth 1.3 million. Yeah. And they think it's due to their investing skill. And there's a reality we have to look at ourselves very humbly too and say, you know what, maybe I got a little, little lucky there. It wasn't necessarily, necessarily my skill. <laughs> we all so, rise until we all fall, right? Exactly, now, right? Yeah. For everybody to rise, that's when yep. we all fall. So, exactly. <laughs> what were some of the questions that really spawned you to say, "I have to write a book" because I'm I'm getting this question over and over again because this is on people's minds. Yeah, there were a few factors. I think the main one was just how much I struggled in my 20s and early 30s, and then I was starting to see other people having those same struggles. And once you learn something and you see other people making that mistake, it just kind of eats at you and you, you really want to help. But as you know, you can't just go up to someone because it's so obnoxious to say, well, hey, you're making these money mistakes, I can help you. People don't really want that feedback. And so I decided I'm gonna write a book, put that information out there. And if people want to access it, that's great. I'd love for them to read it. And if they don't want to, no harm, no foul there either. But I just, over and over, like on a daily basis, I was seeing people and wanting to help them. And I thought that writing the book was the best thing best way to do it. And then around the same time too, my wife and I, we had two daughters, once two, once age five. And so I wanted them to read the book as well. I really, that's something that's important to me is for them to feel empowered as teenagers into their twenties to, to understand personal finances and not have to rely on someone else to, to make it through and know that they have that power, that they can always make it. They understand money. They understand where it comes from, how to earn it. And so even though, you know, they're really young right now and they're not reading the book, they still see me working on it. They see that I have a book and I think they are going to read it when they're teenagers. You know, it's so important to, to say that because our choices today are going to be what our children follow and look and see us doing. Right. So mm-hmm. if you feel you're too late from this, but you, you not, you owe it to yourself to learn that because you're going to be passing along these techniques that you go and can help others with. And it might not be, if you have no kids, it might be just other people. It might be your cousins, yeah. your friends, other people watching you along your journey. Yeah, um, yeah. Is there a top, three, top two, top five, um, you know, typical mistakes that you see people um, make that, that really stand mm-hmm. out just for people to start thinking, maybe I, I, I am doing one of these right now. And this is why I have to get out and get the book. Yeah, I think there's one of the biggest things I see is just what I call mindless spending, where you're doing the same thing today, because you did it yesterday, the week before and the year before that. And it's, it's not that people w- want to do that behavior, but they just they've done it all their life and that's kind of how they do it. They don't really think, think otherwise. And so I think when a lot of people actually write down what they're spending on, they're shocked to learn that they spent 700 on takeout this month and 800 on something else. Cause it's just, it just, you kind of mindlessly go through it. Everyone gets busy at work. They get busy with friends and family and other different things. And it's, it's easy to let money just kind of go in the background. And as long as you're making it through and maybe profiting a couple hundred people don't really think about it too much. And so that's just something huge, I think, where if you really identify that mindless spending, it can save you hundreds and thousands of dollars every month. And you put that toward investments and the opportunity cost there is just, it's incredible. Yeah, so, you're absolutely right. So, things like that, the re- recurring subscriptions that maybe you're just, not uh-huh. it, you know, like all those things. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's such a well said point there is that mm-hmm. just looking at where your money is going, right? Because yeah. typically if it's just going out and it's not having a purpose in your life, do you need that? Because it changes, mm-hmm. right? You know, our, our motivations change. Well, you know, I, I love what you're doing. Um, I love everything about, you know, personal finance because everybody needs to really be in, in control of their finances, right? Mm-hmm. So this cannot be left to other people. This cannot be left yeah. Um, to, to someone else's opinion of what's to be for, cause for you, it's going to start with you and your values, like you said. So mm-hmm. uh, for everybody who wants to get the book, find more about you, what's the best place to reach out? What's the best place to find a book? Yeah. I was going to say too, I, I love what you said about someone else is not going to do that for you because even if you're a great investor, you may have a lot of skill in finding real estate deals and picking stocks. But if you don't have your personal finances under control, even if you're making a bunch of money in other, other ways, all that money is just going to go away. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's not about how much you make, but it's about how much you keep. And so that's just, that's just kind of a critical point I want to hit on before I talked about some of the other stuff. But yeah, to, to find out more about me, the best place is on my website, cashuncomplicated.com. And from there, they can reach out. They can, they can look at the book from there as well. Um, I'd love to get emails and get, get feedback from people uh, too about, what they're succeeding in personal finance wise, what some of their struggles are, because it helps me write better blogs and kind of give, put out better content. So I, I love hearing back from people. So please reach out and love to hear it. Awesome. What's the best email? It's Aaron at Cash Uncomplicated? You got it. Yeah. Aaron at, Aaron at CashUncomplicated.com. And on my website, there's a link too to reach out to me. Oh, this is fantastic. I love what you're doing. More people need to take control. So if you are listening today and you're saying, man, I'm, I, I, I can't find money, you can. Go get, go get Aaron's book. He's going to talk you through it. There's everywhere that you can get money back in your life. And on that front, you can start building your future going forward. So Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. Love what you're doing. Keep carrying forward. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. And for everyone listening, again, thank you. We'll talk to you shortly. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi million dollar deal in just a few days? We're breaking down our entire process step by step at a three day event happening June 10th through the 12th called you guessed it, multifamily live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.